0: Hey guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future's lily-white.
1: Come on, your Spurs.
0: Hello, and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 12, Episode 22. I'm ASD. I'm Rob. I'm Jack. I'm Giles. I was coming into this podcast furious. i have been planning what I wanted to say, the opening, all day. Uh, I was going to sway. I was going to tell Spurs where they could go, and then Man United just got absolutely battered by Liverpool. And I'm feeling a lot better. Are you feeling better for it? You are you? Fe- How are you feeling about football?
2: Jack, I can take. I can take this one. Um, <laughs> um, I think what sums it all up for me is we we obviously got beat against Sheffield United, got beat against Wolves, and five minutes after full time, I'm not bothered. And like that, that that is that is so telling for me because like that, that's a week where like my mood should really be affected by the results. But I was just like, oh right, that's done. On to the next thing. Um, and I think I've said this a few times over the last of years. For those that have stuck with us that long, um, there, there's quite a few fans that are quite detached from it now. Um, and you don't have the highs and you don't have the lows and you're just sort of a, a bit of a constant, really. And and that's how I felt this week. I was more gutted with the Sheffield United um, defeat because I really fancied, you know, a crack at the cup given the teams left in. Um, so that one definitely hit me a bit harder. But um, most of the time, win, draw or lose, I'm just sort of like five, ten minutes after the game. Cool. On to the next thing.
0: Bob, how are you feeling about it? You're a season ticket been so for a long time. You see, because everyone's always going back to the 90s, the ups and the downs, like we've seen here before, but it feels a bit different this time. We are detached from the club a little bit.
3: Yeah, I, I do feel detached. I, I I think, Jack, you're lucky that you weren't feeling down. I I definitely was feeling pretty down Thursday and, and, and last night. I don't know. I, I think I felt down because, we talked about this on the pod a little bit last week, I do this every season. And it doesn't matter how many times you get let down. The following season, I still do it again. I'd actually, I actually thought that we would have a run in the cup. I actually really did. I thought they'd take it seriously. I really thought they'd have a run at it. And I thought, you know what? We'll get. I, I, I sort of assumed that we get through Sheffield United, and then you're in the quarterfinals, then right? And it's all up for grabs. Anything can happen then. And 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 if the draw would have played out, and you know, you never know, right? But if the draw would have played out, we'd have been at home to Blackburn for a place in the semi-finals of the cup and then it's all up for grabs. So I I foolishly, naively, idiotically thought that we were going to have a crack at it. And so I was really, really gutted. The question I've been asking myself all week, because I agree that I also feel detached from it, feel like I don't really belong, like I'm not a part of it, is what would need to happen now for me to feel like Mm. that? Like what would they, is, do they, is it, if they sell a club, is that going to make me feel differently about it? I don't know. Depends who they sell it to. If they go and drop 300 million in the summer, which they're not going to do, obviously, but if they did and bought five players, am I going to feel differently about it? If they make top four, am I going to feel differently about it? I don't know. I'm a bit sad. I'm a bit sad at the moment. It is
0: sad. he's a bit sad you sound Um, sad Rob
3: (laughs) well because um, yeah Come
4: on I'm sad too mate I'm sad too I'm sad and I'm trying to process it and I actually wish I was a little bit more like Jack in as much as being able to detach myself from it quicker than I can I was giving um I was giving someone some tips or some advice the other day at work for presenting and public speaking and things like that, which. Would you believe it? I actually do a fair amount of. And she mm-hmm. she she was she gets very anxious, like I do. And she thought that the, the anxiety would completely go after a while. And I said, you're just gonna set yourself up to fail because I don't think that feeling of anxiety or nerves ever leaves you. You just become more familiar with that feeling. And actually in becoming familiar with it, you kind of blunt it slightly. And it's very similar to how I feel as a Spurs fan. I didn't mm-hmm. really expect us to lose to United, but I'm familiar with how I felt afterwards and yet it hasn't blunted at all if anything I've been so miserable and I was really anticipating the Wolves result to lift my mood and change things around and because what happened happened I felt myself thinking like oh just I need I need the podcast I need some therapy I need to process it and and doing this show helps me process it
0: right let's process it then um where best to start than with your favourite thing, Giles? Our XG against uh, Wolves was <laughs> was one point two six to Wolves point five. So how did we lose that? Why did we approach it the way we did? I I can't understand it. I I can't understand why we didn't just go for it. I mean, the lineup should have been good enough to beat Wolves, right?
2: We created enough to win the game, though, didn't we? It was like, you know, I I think that type of defeat. It's been very different to the types of defeats we've had this season, where it's like we were just wasteful in front the goal. We didn't take our chances, whereas a lot of the games we've had this season, it's been like we haven't looked like scoring, we haven't created enough. We've been lackluster and slow, but like we created enough opportunities. I'm not a, a big fan of extra anyway, but just from hearing that, like we should have won that game. Um, but it comes—it's the old cliche, though, isn't it? Sometimes, like if you can't win, it's important to not lose, and like getting out of there with a nil-nil. Wouldn't have been a great result, but it wouldn't have felt as damaging as conceding in the last ten minutes. Because like when that goal goes in, you just think, oh, like it, you know, all of a sudden now it's a really desperate week. Whereas like nil nil would have been, yeah, it wouldn't have been great, but you can take some positives from it. So I think it was a bit different this week. I, like I can't, I can't come in with the normal criticisms of we were too defensive, we didn't have intensity. Like I felt like we played all right, and we probably did deserve to win the game. And a draw we would have been a bit unlucky to lose was extremely tough. Um, but it's the Premier League, and if you don't take your chances, then, you know, anything can happen. It's just typical that the one time Adama Traore actually knows what to do when he's in front of goal always seems to be against us, because I feel like I can remember him scoring quite a few goals against us now. Um, so it was it was frustrating, but from a different sense for me against Wolves, especially if you compare it to the Sheffield United game. The loss
3: though... It...
4: Wolves game was much worse, wasn't it? Much worse. We but just just for just for context though. Sorry, Rob, to cut you off, mate. You jumped straight in after this random stat. We had 21 shots against Wolves. Liverpool, who have just stuffed United seven nil, had 18. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I bet they you they're mean, all in right. the box.
3: Yeah. The 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 fact that they lost though says a lot about that team at the moment, about the mentality of that team at the moment. Because to your point, Jack, if you. If you dominate the game, like they had what over 50% possession, which they hardly ever have in a game, over 20 shots on target, or over 20 shots, sorry, in the match. If you don't win the game, then fair enough. But a stable team, a solid team, you don't lose that game. You just don't lose that game. You cannot lose that game with 12 games, 13 games left in the season. I, I remember Conti last season when he was engaged and was focused on it, used to say that a lot. We would lo- That's the sort of game that we would have lost last season in the yeah. middle of the season and he used to come out in the press afterwards and just say, like, don't you can't lose the game. Don't lose. And I feel like we we're basically thirteen months on from that. But yet we're in no better a place than we were then. I feel like it's nothing's really changed. We had a little yeah. twelve game run at the end of the or maybe not even that many games at the end of last season where suddenly it was like, oh, I get it, elite manager, we're playing this football, we're going away to Villa, we're winning 4-0, all those sorts of things. But basically, other than that little spell, I don't see that that team has really moved forward at all. No.
2: No, I, I'm in agreement with that, but it's sort of like, it, that doesn't surprise me, because we've pretty much still got the same side, haven't we? Like, So it's like, if you don't improve on it, we haven't. we all know we haven't got a manager in charge that improves players, so actually... Where we are is sort of what what I expect, but we've just we've lost too many games of football this season. Like nine defeats in twenty six. Yes, like man. you're losing you're losing a third of your games. Like it's too many. Like and if you compare that to the other teams around us, like you know Arsenal top, they've lost three, City four, United six, Liverpool have had a disastrous season. have lost seven. They've lost two fewer games than us, and they're right on top of us now. So we we do we get beat too often and you look at those nine games that we've lost even if four of them you draw you all of a sudden you're on you level on points of United and and that that can be the difference at the end of the season it's fine margins but we I I every time I watch us and we've been like this for quite a few years we're quite predictable I think we're quite nice to play against I don't think that there are too many sides when they come up against us think Christ this is going to be you know obviously we've got great a great front line but I think I'd be confident setting a team up against Spurs. You know how they play. Like you know, we're obviously not tactical geniuses, but you know what you're going to get. We never roll the dice. We never do anything unexpected. So I actually think we're quite nice opposition for for another side. We don't play with intensity. We have five at the back pretty much all of the time. We don't really dominate the ball. Like it. on paper, we're quite a nice side to play against, which is no, a real
3: that's a real worry. Known as a defensive team, they know they haven't rolled the dice to play. To your point, playing exactly the same way. But you have got to go down to Villa in eleventh to find a team that's conceded more goals than us this season. Like we they, we they've we we've conceded thirty five goals. They've conceded thirty eight. Thirty five
0: goals. So for a
3: defensive team yes, that isn't cool. that hasn't changed the it hasn't changed the structure, isn't rolling the dice, isn't saying like it's it's just not good. Like it's just not working. We're not a defensive team. It's shambolic. We've conceded thirty five goals this season.
2: Mm. I'll tell you one thing that I found really strange? And I'm not a fan of, of Emerson. I don't think really any any of us are. But he's been playing really, really well the last five, six games. And I thought that Ben Davis at wing back the last two or three games has played real. I think as a team, we've looked quite settled and a bit more comfortable, a bit more solid playing like that. And then they just change it completely. Yeah. And I, I could not get my head around that. We've been waiting for, what, 18 months for Emerson to finally have a decent run and then he, he gets going and then he's out the team all of a sudden I just thought that was really really odd like you've got a player that's got momentum but why why take him out the side because Pedro Porras hardly looked good in, in anything he's done so far like he looks I feel like, you know, the, the number nine shirt was cursed for quite a few years. Maybe it still is. It feels like the sure, right back position's becoming cursed as well now because every right back we keep signing is getting progressively worse. I know it's early days for Pedro Porro, but he really worries me, having seen him the first few matches. And I just think Emerson must be like, it must be absolutely baffling to him because he's playing the best football he's played since he's been at Spurs and, and he's, he can't get the team all of a sudden.
4: He's I think there was a niggle, wasn't there? Didn't he have a niggle or something, which is why they didn't start him? But then also, just to jump on your point about Porro, I think of all the players in the game yesterday, he probably can hold his head higher than most. I actually thought he was one of our biggest threats. Um, okay. It was amazing to see a free a free kick even hit the bloody bar because mm. we don't even get that close. I'm amazed he didn't get to take the next one. And actually what was good about him is he was he didn't seem to... There was that weird kind of arrogance that I know other pundits said about the players against United, which I think was evident where they just expected someone else to win the game for them. Whereas Porro looked so set on giving it his all, albeit there might be a few um, issues and it might take him a while to get used to the game here because it's very different to Portugal. But I think he played well yesterday, all things considered.
0: Very early days. He's a young man. Move countries. Early days. Like the team isn't set up to do anything. It just it seems. I think left back is a bigger problem. I d- I don't know what the point of Perisic mm. is now. Like I really don't know what he's bringing. Uh, it doesn't seem to be attacking intent. Doesn't seem to be particularly great intent. Defensive. I,
2: I, I'm baffled
0: by. Has
4: something Perisic. happened with him and Son? Like historically, that we're not aware of.
3: He looks miserable, I, doesn't
4: he? They just don't play. Whenever whenever those two play, I almost said it a while ago on the show. And I thought maybe I was reading too much into it, but honestly, they, I think they, they must despise each other. The amount of looks they give each other during a game. They don't like passing the ball together. It's like the whole sort of Neymar and Mbappe thing at Paris Saint-Germain. It's weird. They genuinely never, ever play well together. So when I saw they were starting yesterday, that was a worry. I also think it was unfair on Richarlison not to start. I'm, I'm, I'm given Son's form. There was that moment in the game yesterday where Son's shot almost hit the corner flag and he's just yeah. not doing it. And, I, and I, I feel so sorry for Richarlison because I understand he hasn't scored and I appreciate he needs to start doing that. But he also needs that flow of games and he hasn't looked poor ever when he's played. Whereas Son sadly really has and has consistently. So I don't know why he started. I can only think they just thought his pace would would be a good matchup against... Um, What's his name? That fellow at right back for Wolves, who's notoriously sluggish at times. But here we go.
0: Sumado. that's
2: it. Yeah. Perisic thing for me is weird because I I just think he he's better off in a front three. Yeah. Like, I, you know, like he's he's a he's, he's a much more of an attacking minded player. He doesn't have the legs to play wing back. Like I, I've I've not understood that all season. It's like whenever you, we've seen him over the last few years for a club or country, it's been. Causing opposition teams problems in the final third. It was like we see him defending crosses at the back post, and it's like I just I, I don't I don't again I don't get it. Um, there's a lot of players that I think we could look at, and it's just there's a lot of question marks and head scratching with with most of them at the moment. Um, not well, much more I, to say to I be honest on the week.
0: Yeah, let me read a text out. Sorry for interrupting, mate. For uh, a text from one of you three, which was on what was it yesterday after the game. Um. Kane, Son, Dyer, Davis, Perisic can join Conte too. It's oof.
3: Oof. But I mean, it's the spine of the team. I, yeah. I, in, in in full transparency, it was me in a fit of rage and a, my third glass <laughs> of red wine that sent that text. And <laughs> and it's because I believe that the strength of the team, the solidity, the we will not lose that game comes down the middle of that team like we like Jack. You played football. You probably know more about this than me, almost certainly. But it's about the spine of the team. That is the the spine of the team, and there's just like you just don't, can't lose that game. And they 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 cannot allow the younger players around them through the middle of that team to be overrun. And that yeah. that is what happened. Like they, they they were overrun for that in the last ten minutes of that game. And I think of Tottenham in the same bracket as. Arsenal, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea. And Chelsea have had a shitty season and, you know, whatever. But I do not believe at 0-0 those clubs would lose that game. I don't. Mm. It's the spine of the team. Or maybe and I didn't Wolves mean it about Nine, nine goals.
4: nine goals at home all season up until yesterday, didn't they? Nine
3: goals. And obviously I don't mean it about Kane. Because if he left, I don't know what they'd do. But I suspect he is going to leave in the summer. But... Like It's just that too many of those players, you on you on you, when the pressure's on, like they've been there now six, seven seasons, they've delivered one time. And that was last season when they made top four. When the I, pressure was really, really, really on and they had to win.
0: Well, I've, so, I've done myself a disservice by going No, that's the wrong way of things to say. But I've gone and had to look at the 2016-17 Premier League table to compare to those stats that you were just talking about. Uh, when we came second... And we conceded twenty six the whole season, and we lost four games the whole season. That's the way it should be. We lost the fewest games. So Chelsea won the league that year, and they lost five games. City, Liverpool, Arsenal, six six nine. Like we, we shouldn't be losing the amount we're doing. And it, it's it's the manner, it's the manner of the defeats. Even even the manner of the wins. It feels. Like we're so on edge. I, it, apart from the Leicester game, it just doesn't feel like we've gone and battered anyone. And we get we get edging closer to the Sheffield United game. I am furious with that game. You think about the semi. We are desperate for a cup. We're desperate. Do you remember what our, our route to the semi-finals were? Portsmouth, Preston, Sheffield United, Blackburn. If you'd asked for that at the beginning of the season, you'd be like guaranteed to win a semi-final. Probably go out in the semi-final. Guaranteed we should be beating those teams. And we didn't. It was pathetic. And it was so predictable. There's all that chat about all the stats about how you only make X amount of money for the FA Cup. um, And... Uh, a spot a game in the champions League uh is you know five times more, but like you said Jack, like, you can't expect a, a
2: professional to go out there and expect to lose. They don't want to lose Why also, are, they going yeah. a, they pro are. Football, a pro footballer or footballer at any level when you step onto the pitch, you're not thinking about anything other than the next ball that you're going to contest, like you're not even thinking ten minutes into further into the game, you just you're in that moment. So like, I don't buy the thing I've never ever bought the thing that the players don't care. You can sometimes see it in a squad where they're not playing as much for a manager, but I don't buy into the fact that the players will care more about, you know, other games than, than others. It's just it's an absolute nonsense. Um the Sheffield United game, which I I guess let's 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 get that out of the way. Um was such a bad performance, and I saw so many excuses from Spurs fans. Oh, you know why we're we not fielding our strongest team? It was only Kane and Romero that didn't play, like, and that should still be enough to beat, a, a, albeit a, a good Championship side, a Championship side. Um, but it's never going to be an easy, it's never going to be an easy match. But how many times this season have we spoke about intensity and a lack of fight and a lack of? commitment and courage and it does not matter who you're playing at any level if you do not match work rate if you do not battle for 50 50s in the first 25 minutes of a game it completely sets the tone and watching it we we all knew you know you get that feeling with spurs after 10 minutes you're thinking well i was sat there thinking this has got nil nil penalties wrote all over it um Again, we just didn't like scoring. We didn't create anything. There was no intensity with or without the ball. I actually thought the only person that showed a bit of fight was Dyer at the back. You and did. there was one moment with about 15 minutes to go where they they put a ball in the box. He headed it clear. He then got out and made a block, cleared the ball up the line and chased his own clearance. And I was like, where is the rest of the team? And everyone is on by the... Well, I say everyone. Kane's on by this point. We're, we're at full strength other than Romero. Um and it was it was just really really disappointing especially given the fact that that was a Sheffield United team that had made six changes i think they said and they they had an 18 year old playing centre midfield that had never started a game of senior football before like it was hardly a Sheffield United full strength team they'd made more changes than we had so to to go there and put in a performance like that was was absolutely dreadful um and i do I, i'm always one for putting most of the blame on players because when you step over that white line you, you're only responsible for your own performance and like if you're a pro and you need motivating, like again i think that's another thing that's a load of garbage but at half time and like during the game like nothing changed and it's like we could all see it after 10 minutes you know exactly how this game's gonna go throw cautions to win. do something a little bit differently um otherwise like the game will just continue in this same pattern and then as soon as they scored you you know i was just like well that's it like I, I didn't even give it, and we, and again, at one 0 no urgency, we didn't create anything, even with like you know five minutes to go, like it's it's desperate, get the ball in the box like there wasn't there wasn't even like any sort of panic that we created it was just it was a very, very timid, passive performance, and like losing like that for me is the worst way to lose a game of football if you. If you turn up and a team pop it round you and you know score great goals and all of that you can sort of say no we're beaten by the better side but when you're just really bullied by channel football and an aggressive in your face you know up and at him style it is the worst is the worst way to because you're watching it as a fan being like you know like i could deal with that or like i'd be up for the fight at least i wouldn't have the quality but you'd fight and just a really weak performance and there's been a few times this season where you've looked at the senior players to sort of step up. I think of the most recent game in Milan as well, the senior players have been dreadful in those games. And it's actually been the younger players that have stood up and puffed their chest out. So I I was disappointed after Sheffield United and even more so when you, as Rob said, when you see it Blackburn at home would have been your draw that, that made it even worse. I was sat there watching the draw being like, let's hope we would have got city away. And then it's almost like, well, we would have gone out in the next round probably anyway. Um, but it was, like I said, you could go back and probably listen to pods from the last two, three years, and we would have been having these these same points would have been coming up. Um, and I'm like, I I just three the same have,
4: back four or five, wasn't it?
2: Yeah,
0: I I don't think I for me there's a bit where it's it's so obvious what where there's a problem that I think I'm being stupid. It's there is such a massive gap in front of Sarah and Hoiberg. Before you get to Richardson, it's huge. There's a, we're missing that number ten, and it it just seems so obvious to me that that all the the other three are just trying the three up front Mora Richarlison and Son were trying to play through a back five who wouldn't or wherever they were playing back six seven whatever I mean they they basically set with eight at the back and they were trying to play through and they were never going to get through Mora pretty poor I thought did nothing with the ball lost the ball a million amount of times. Um, Cold de left, right and centre. But there's such a big gap. It's so easy to play against. You just defend that line halfway through your own half and Spurs can't get through you. It's so obvious, it
2: seems. I don't know it's why excellent. they can't see it. And the, the thing that really frustrated me against, against the Sheffield United game, because I, I watched all of that. I didn't see all, the, all of the Wolves game. But like Sheffield United, I thought, were really, really good at crunching the pitch and yeah. basically playing between the, the goalposts. And, like, they had their, their whole 11 when they were defended were between the goalposts. So it's like you're looking at that, and we were trying to thread these passes into the front three in that space where there's four or five bodies. And, it like, I'm not a tactical expert, but, like, I was just watching that being like, you win this game by getting your wing-backs high and your centre-midfielders transition from side to side at pace and that is you have to get round the back you're not going to go through the middle there's too many bodies in there you can have the best players in the world you're not going to get through it and I was watching that just thinking why well how can I see that on the telly and the professional coaches are there and we're literally we're, we're playing into centre forwards feet and they've got three four centre backs around. like it was the, the strangest thing in the world and for them to have not seen that and not addressed it I just couldn't believe what I was watching. And like, this is someone that I play at an all right level on a Saturday. And like, I can see that. Like, how can these elite coaches have not identified that against a, a very solid four, five, one, you have to get around the sides. Of, like it, uh, honestly, I was just sat there and I, I couldn't believe what I was watching from a tactical point of view. Well,
3: an example of that, I know we're talking about Sheffield United game, but yesterday in, in, in the Wolves game, we completely dominated the first half. I, um, uh, I watched a bit of it on a, stream and then obviously for match of the day yesterday we were absolutely all over in first half should have come in half time tuning up or something and then the wolves manager made a couple of substitutions changed their formation basically he changed them up to try and counteract yeah. what we were doing and to damage us in areas where we should have been damp, where, where we were where we were exposed and then in the second half they were all over it which to me that's like standard page two Professional football management in it, you're losing the game, or you're not in the game, or you're getting beaten in the game. So change the game. And what we seem to do is play one way, one tempo as well, by the way. Yeah. And just just like just keep going. And in and something will happen, won't it? And I don't understand when you've got a manager and eight or nine coaches, one of the biggest coaching staff's in the Premier League, he's earning 15 million a year, third highest-paid manager in the Premier League, and he doesn't. And his staff—they don't. You're getting. You're. You might not be losing the game, but you're not in the game. You're under pressure in the game, and you don't change the game. I. I. I just. It, I don't. I just. I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it. It's almost like they're not trying to win the game. They're just trying to basically. There are 12 games left. They're just trying to get rid of. Get through the 12 games. Take their money. And go. That's kind of how I feel at the moment. That's. For I mean, people... he's definitely... No,
2: no, he's definitely going at the end of the season. He's de- of course. Like, like, and it just feels like we're just... It feels like he's on gardening leave and we're just hanging around now for the end of the season. Like, nothing really to play for. Probably going to go out against Milan in the week. Like, and the season is just going to end up fizzing out into probably a fifth or a sixth place finish. And it's like... You know, so I, I'm I'm just very much in the camp of like, if we've got something lined up for the summer and we've, there's a manager not in work and we've lined him up, like, why are we waiting? I don't like, think they I don't
3: they have, I, I don't think they have though. I, I think, think if they know. if they did
2: have, they'd be there. I saw a tweet earlier which was like I really agreed with it, which was like just do it now, get Pochettino in for Wednesday. Imagine the atmosphere Wednesday. You know he comes out, you know, and it was like a whole stadium behind him. I don't think they're gonna do it, but. Like how much of a lift that would give us at this point of the season, where in the league anyway there is still so much to play for, but um you could just see it being option A, can't you? in like the season just us huffing and puffing and having these conversations really till the end of the season, we'll we'll win a couple of games and we'll be like right here we go run a run and then we'll have another loss and it will just be this pattern and, until the end of May. Yeah. Are I'm we all? Of- are we all in the? We don't want to give Conte a new deal. There's no one that wants to keep him or is there? No.
4: No, we spoke about this a few weeks ago, didn't we? I think Chris, ASD and I, I think it's inevitable. I mean, the the point I made a few weeks ago on the pod was that it seems so clear that he's not going to stay. And there's mixed reports over the fact that we've not even offered him a new contract anyway. And given the context of this season and the circumstances around... um, the people he has been mourning, and the club has been mourning. He's away from his family. All of that big picture stuff. It seems like an opportune conditions to part ways on relatively, you know, good terms. I would suggest, and yet they haven't. And so that kind of niggling thing that I brought up was that well, short, maybe something, maybe there is something happening, or there is some development, because it just seems so odd to maintain the current situation with him in charge yeah. unless he is staying it seems it just seems so strange I've just got to say before I know we've moved on from Sheffield United but I've just got to say hats off to all of the Spurs fans who were there because they made such a racket yeah. it was yeah. probably the only fantastic thing about the game but it was so telling um, but no with with Conte I don't know I just don't know I I um I I have heard that, you know, Daniel Levy is desperate to get it right and for things to work. And I think that's possibly the only reason why we are seemingly treading water. And, you know, if we turn things around and we get through against Milan and, you know, things click into place like we hoped they would prior to the World Cup, we kept saying, or maybe the second stage of the season, that's when our fitness will show. But, you know, what fitness? Because that really hasn't been shown recently then maybe we'll finish on a high. But I can't help but see that Liverpool, if they win their game in hand, they go fourth on goal difference. And if you think about the season they've had, and yet all they have to do is win their next game and they'll go fourth. And it just doesn't paint a very good picture, does it?
3: The thing about Conte that's never sat very well with me is that he delivered top four for us last season. He was fantastic. His passion... He he almost single-handedly transformed the club last season from one that was lost, miserable, depressed, to one that was singing his name and you know we um, and we achieved top four. But throughout his time here, he's always behaved and spoke and certainly made me feel like he was doing us a favour yeah. by by being here, rather than this was somewhere that he was proud to be, wanted to be, was committed to. And it's left me feeling at this point with notwithstanding the fact that he's, as you say, mourning the loss of people close to him. And he's clearly had a unbelievably traumatic year that would have impacted anybody. And has obviously affected him alongside the fact that his family are away from him, which must be unbearable, although he's decided to live that life. Is that he's still behaving like he's doing us a favor. And, you know, if you don't want to be here, then they should then go, go. It's tot. This is Tottenham Hotspur. Go. You're not doing us a favour. You're being paid 15 million a season. Go. Pay him off and go and give it to Mason till the end of the season. Anything. It's just, it's, 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 it's it left an incredibly bad taste in my mouth. The whole situation with him.
0: I mean, he took over from, it was bad under, it was bad under Potch at the end because Potch was sulking a little bit. We have to yeah. be open about that. Um, maybe in some ways it might have been fair because he wasn't backed he, he said what he won he didn't get it and then he changed his title didn't he from manager to coach and we started to go downhill we got Mourinho in had a few nasty wins and then I thought we were going to just win everything and then that just went downhill
2: you thought and we then, were going to win the quadruple yeah I did.
0: <laughs> and then <laughs> we spent what was it like five months what and we missed out on all of our main top targets and then got um, Nuno and he was dreadful just wrong man wrong job mm-hmm. and it was just the worst of the worst so anybody coming in anybody coming in would have made that better and he yeah he studied the ship somehow got us top four I I don't know how he did that and it's just terrible and I hate watching it and the problem that they've got is you know 20 years ago the social contract with the club maybe maybe 30 years ago the contract with the club was a, a geographic one right you you where you're from is the club you support they've moved away from that now right they want all these tourists they want all these people to come in and support but it's not a geographic one it's a it's a social one it's a performance contract and we're not performing and there's nothing to love about it right now it's a you know they want us to spend 70 quid on them the, It's really boring to watch they charge for everything I can't take a bag in. It's not, a. don't like the stadium. Like, I don't like those fucking escalators and having to go all these different steps to get to my seat. I want to walk in, get on, get in, and I want to see the grass as soon as I walk in. I miss old White Hart Lane is what I think I'm saying. It's just boring. And, if, I have to, if they want us to be a, a club where people choose to watch us, why would they choose Spurs over City apart from there's someone from your country who plays for Spurs and that's how it gets in. Like you see all these Korean fans who fly over for the sun to watch the sun. It's just boring and I hate it. Like, I hate it. I hate that Sheffield United game. I love, I deeply love the FA Cup. There was zero excuse for that, that performance. Conte, I don't know why he can't see what is just blatantly obviously in front of his eyes unless he just doesn't care. He's either a fraud or he's trying not to care, or he's just on the beach. He's got the best job in the world. He, if he fails at everything, it is not his fault because it's Spurs. We haven't achieved anything apart from an FA Cup,
2: uh, a Champions League final, which we didn't turn up for. Um, what can and, what can get it back for you, SD? Because Rob made a good point right at the start and said, you know, he, he's not sure about what can bring that connection back. Like, can anything for you? Is it a return of Potch? Is like like what what are you searching for?
0: The one thing we haven't mentioned from the week was Arsenal coming back, right? And we do, uh, I don't know if you've seen the new pictures outside the Emirates because they are shit. There's a uh, welcome to North London, home of the Arsenal, which is the one that has gone the train that I have to go on every time I go to work. And then there's one where it's really weird. It's like all their famous players um, holding on to like, troph- like ropes holding massive trophies up and it, it just looks a bit bad. Um, I want to, but. You see how they performed, how they just went for the game when they were two nil down because they had something to play for. I want to feel like they've got something to play for. You know, where when we, I remember when we used to go to White Hart Lane, that last year of White Hart Lane. I want that feeling back where they cared, where they knew there was a partnership with the crowd, like they were playing for something. It doesn't feel like they're playing for anything anymore. There's a lot of things. I, I was listening to a really good interview with Kieran Trippio the other day on a, another podcast and. I don't know why we sold him. I don't know what they were expecting to upgrade from him on. Like I know it was all about getting the money in and Kyle Walker Peters was coming through. Keep Kyle Walker Peters. He's doing a great job. I know I know some of them are awful at the moment, but he's he's he isn't worse than anything we got. To answer your question, I just want to love it a bit more. I want to enjoy going. I like I said, I wouldn't take a free ticket to go watch it at the moment. I love I the best times of my life, literally the best times of my life of going to watch Spurs. And I, I hate it right now. It just doesn't feel like it's for me. It doesn't feel it feels like it's a product, and I'm just there as a revenue stream. That's all it feels like, and the performances match that.
3: On that or, point, right? The Twenty. I can't 20, hear tw- to feel better, ASD. Steve. Twenty. Is is this one? This one's so sad. Twenty <laughs> teams in the Premier League, right? And from top to bottom, from the shittiest teams at the moment, like Bournemouth, and I really love saying this, West Ham, <laughs> all the way, all the way at to the top of the league with City and 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 Liverpool and Chelsea and, well, Chelsea on top of the league, but United. The one thing that we have not got in common with every other 19 teams in the league is that every single one of those teams is focused on nothing other than being a more successful football team. Whether it's the women's team, the men's team, the youth teams, their sole goal, everybody that works at that club, they'll have commercial departments and things, of course, for shirts, sponsors and other stuff that they're doing community work but it's all about the football team and the football club whereas at tottenham it's like concerts nfl games commercial formula deals one. formula one yeah commercial na- naming rights for stadium at some ridiculous 260 see that no one's ever going to pay or like they're just like hand to mouth all the time and they they have completely lost i think Whilst trying really hard to build an identity and a brand, they have completely lost the identity of the soul of what they are. They're not a football, t- they're not a football club anymore. And every other team in the Premier League is a football club. And they're trying to be a better football club. Even United, they're a football club. And Tottenham is now an NFL hosting a venue, a concert venue, a Formula One venue. They are not focused on the thing that brings everybody in every week. And that's why I feel like they're taking the piss out of me and all of us and everybody that cares about it because we care about one thing and we, and they don't really care about the thing that we all care about the most They don't care about it the most. It's not the most important thing to them. It's part of it. but It's not the most important thing. And in order to love it again, I need the people to run the club, to love what I love about the club as much as I do. And I don't believe them when they tell me that they do. And that's the problem. And I'm angry about that.
0: Angry. I do like a free flag as well. I'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> all,
3: my kids bedrooms they're up they're they, yeah. they're up they're up
0: <laughs> yeah god um fixtures then quickly we've got ac milan <laughs> what an amazing fixture i mean we've had some great ac milan fixtures right the nil nil loudest I've heard. white Hart yeah. lane like mm. i still get goosebumps now i don't think i really appreciated it as much as i as I was the first person in the ground then I remember I asked my boss if I could leave early because I'd lost my um membership card. And so I buzzed up quickly to get to the ticket office and I was actually there when they unlocked it. First person in buzzing. We played them in the Europa League, do you remember? And I think, I think I brought, I took my wife there and I think the Tongan scored. I think Bale scored and I think uh, Sigurdsson scored as well. Is that right? Uh, So we're 1-0 down Wednesday. 8 o'clock kickoff off under the lights, the biggest stadium, the best stadium in the country, one of the greatest Italian world clubs who aren't on a great run of form, we should be doing them, right? If Conte knows
2: anything, it should be how to beat a bloody Italian team. That game, for me, has got a, a score draw written all over it. Oh, yeah. Like, 1-1. One, one, and, like, you know, we're, we're desperately trying to get that goal. And, like, you know, I don't want to be too negative but I could just really see our similar shine shutting up shop and us not being able to get the goals we need I yeah. think we'll win
4: I think we'll win because not because I I mean it would destroy me if I believed anything else to be honest at this stage of my mood I also <laughs> think that there's players in that team who need it as much as we do it. And Rob's very passionate plea there. I think there's players on that pitch who feel the same. I think playing at our place is, I mean, like you were saying, the AC Milan game, you never heard the place so booming. I think our home support can be wonderful when it's on. And I I suspect everyone to be all in on Wednesday and I expect it will intimidate. They will be tough to break down. And I suppose that has been our Achilles heel all season, but I do think we'll do it.
3: Yeah, I think by that, Me I would to
0: say, I, I think we'll win on Wednesday. Me too. I think we'll win 2 0. So is, is it there's no away
3: goals? Away goals are in... a thing anymore. No,
4: right? Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Which is weird. I don't like it that. It is
0: weird. Then we've got Nottingham Forest to just came back for a decent draw against um, uh, Everton. Cracking yeah, little player in Brandon Johnson. One for the future.
4: He looked like he'd pulled his hammy at the end, though, so that might affect things. Oh. He, he played brilliantly
2: today. We've actually got quite a favourable, I mean including the Wolves defeat in that, but uh, we've got a, quite a favourable next sort of three four games in the Premier League. Forest so we start, and, you know, yeah, yeah. But before Island. the Wolves
4: game, I think we were the most informed team in the league, weren't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's bizarre. If you look at those five games—the City, Chelsea, West Ham, United, Sheffield United, and Wolves—and you think that we won three of those five, if you said that prior to that first game, which I think was City, that's probably around par, if not actually pretty positive. It's just typical that the teams we beat were the the Chelsea Gun, West Ham and City, and we lost to the two relatively or perceived easy games.
0: Spursley. Spursley. I mean that Newcastle, Man United, Liverpool, twenty third, twenty seventh. Yeah.
4: What <laughs> stressful is that going to be? it all up, is not it? It's <laughs> going to be stressful,
3: that. Uh, I
2: think we should do like three pods that week, just to just just to show the extreme emotion and reaction that we will go through because it'll be like, we'll all be really positive going into the week being like, yeah, now we can take seven points and then like we'll lose the first one and we'll we'll all be absolutely depressed Then we'll win the second and we'll be like, here we go and then the last one will be a draw and it will just, it will really showcase what it's like being a Spurs fan.
0: Honestly, the ones I'm nervous about, Brighton, Brentford, 8th of April, 20th of May, they're the ones, United, we might lose, Liverpool, I still think we should be beating them but who knows, Sonny's just become their top ever Premier League scorer. Um, disgrace. It is a disgrace, and uh, obviously there was a lot of challenges when he signed for Chelsea, which Liverpool fans never talk about. Uh, if you just Google Salah handshake, Israeli football team, it, it, I, that no one ever seems to talk about that. I think, oh God, I just never, I never know what we do with Spurs anymore. Um, no,
3: it, if uh, if they make top four at the end of the season, yeah, will, will you consider it? A successful
0: season absolutely it has to be doesn't it
3: absolutely
0: it i think yeah. it'd be a, a bad season for the premier league if we finish for this it has been shit. hasn't
4: it you look at the state of the league this year it is all over the place
0: all but would you go when you go that's a great season then like everyone could beat everyone like, Lin- well, great in
4: terms of entertaining, but I think it's surprising how it's one of those weird things, isn't it? I was talking to someone the other day about this. You, as a football fan, you always expect your next season to just be marginally better than the one that's just preceded it. And yeah. yet, actually, that's just that just can't happen. It's a zero sum game. For you to improve, someone has to get worse by exactly the same amount. And so, yeah. this idea that we finish fourth and then we need to finish third and then two years later we'll win the league is just really not a healthy mindset and yet I think every fan seems to take that mm. and what this season has really highlighted uh, for me and that kind of mess that we're alluding to is just how frantic and how frazzled teams can be and whether it's just the mood of the dressing room or the manager just running out of steam or you know uh, personal life affecting things which obviously is the case in some regards with Conte and just all of these random things that happen It's that element of chaos that I know ASD we've spoken about before and we're fans Mm. of, but it's just amazing how it can play out and just alter everything so much. I mean, I think it's probably only really worked out for the bookies, hasn't it? Because they're probably making even more money than they normally do. But, um, you think as well, like such a weird season. So, and finishing fourth, I think, would be a huge success. Given that would mean that at least Chelsea and or Liverpool would have to finish outside the top four. And given mm. their investment and in recent history, that's going to be a bigger, a bigger um, issue, isn't it for them?
2: Yeah, and like, if you think a week ago United were on top of the world, they've just won the cup. Fast forward seven days, and they've been hammered seven nil. By the biggest, like that is how quickly stuff can change in football. Yeah. It's the strangest sport. Um, like to go from those emotions, you just like I saw again. I saw a tweet earlier. And it was it was really simple. It was like imagine losing seven nil to Arsenal, and it was oh. like like that. That's that's the equivalent. Like that's what's happened to them today. Oh. Don't. But to the answer the Rob's question, it. uh, if we, if we got fourth again this year, like that's an incredible achievement. We shouldn't be, we should be nowhere near that. We really shouldn't be. But I don't think it really will will change too much if we finish fourth, if we finish fifth, if we finish sixth. It doesn't really change a great deal for me. It's not going to mean that we can or can't attract a certain player or anything like that. Mm. It's it's just the revenue that the club will make that they'll bank. So Mm. I, I don't think it's really like as important compared to like a Newcastle, like if they were to finish fourth, that would feel like a a yeah. massive step for them. So I think it's almost as important that they don't do it because that would be the difference for them. They would all of a sudden be able to go and attract a, a better calibre of player. But I think for us, it. I mean, obviously I want us to finish fourth because you want the Champions League nights, but I, I don't think it would really change too much next year for us either way.
3: I mean, they basically got four, what what you would sort of normally call four really, really difficult games between now and the end of the season in the league. And they got they got Brighton in a sixth, so that's obviously going to be a difficult game. Then they've got Newcastle, they've got United, they've got Liverpool. The rest of the games, when you look at them, they should, be, like, they should even in the form they've been in this season, they should be winning those games. So mm-hmm. if they take six points out of that little seven-day seven spell, if they take six points out of Newcastle, United and Liverpool, then they actually they've got a great chance to top four, haven't they? Are they home also, games, Rob? Sorry? Are they home games? They are away, away to Newcastle. United's at home. Yeah. Liverpool's away. I also Liverpool.
2: think with those with those games, it's important to not lose as well. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. if you if if you get three draws, like it doesn't sound great, but actually like it it could come down to just one or two points, and not losing those matches could be the
3: difference. Yeah, I mean they got you know Forest. at Southampton away. I mean honestly, if they go down there and get beat, then you know we should forget it anyway. They've got Everton away. So if they're hunting top four, they should be winning that. Bournemouth, they should be winning at home. Then they've got the three-game spell. Then they've got Palace Villa, Brentford, leads away last game of the season. Yeah. So if they get six points out of those little out of those three middle games, they've got a great chance. Yeah. They've got a great chance, which is why I asked the question. Because, actually, finish fourth, Champions League football next season, beat Milan, get through at the quarterfinals. Is that a good season? Probably is. Probably is. I'll but, yeah, I feel as frustrated as I do. Mm. I'll imagine well, can I just about. say,
4: can I just pick you up quickly on the, the point you made before about falling in love in, with the club again, and, and you yeah. want the people in charge to love the club and it to feel the same to them as yep. it does to you. Do you think, I'm, I need to try and articulate this carefully, because I don't want to, I'm not, a, I don't have an opposing view, other than I think most fans or a lot of fans of those other 19 clubs probably mirror your feeling and your sentiment. I've got a couple of mates who are Everton fans, They've been saying that for months and months since Mashiri came in and was promised all this money and all this spending. And I just think there's an element of we need to be careful what we wish for and what we expect from our owners, because we don't want the Peter Ridsdales of the world. We don't want people who are irresponsibly running the business such that it then causes a significantly bigger long term problem. And actually, in order to avoid that, you need to run clubs nowadays as much as we might not like it, but you need to run them more like businesses and you need to comply with financial fair play and so on and so forth. So the commercial side of the business if we accept, and I think we should accept there's different teams and departments responsible for running that side of the business, yes, if we were securing F1 deals and Beyonce was playing concerts there whilst we were winning, it would be much easier to take. But I don't actually share the view of a lot of, well, I say a lot of fans, I'm not sure how many fans there actually are, who think that that is a bad thing. And I I, I also can't believe it is distracting the club to the extent Mm. that maybe others do because if that's bringing in revenue it's it's what we need to do to function and it is what we need to do to to um you know to to compete against the people who are state managed and have you know pockets that are far deeper than ours
3: yeah no i I, know i don't want to certainly come across as though I think they should change ownership of the club I think we talked a little bit about this last week that I'm I like be careful what you wish for about you know, do I want Tottenham to be state-owned and to be the next one on the block to be state-owned no but they clearly need to do something different be agile in order to compete with clubs that are state-owned and nor do I have a problem that they lease the that they lease the stadium for concerts and they do the NFL thing I think all of that's fine my my problem is that the net result of all of that stuff doesn't seem to naturally flow its way down to ultimately the thing that brings everybody together around around the business and the club in the first place, which is the first team, which Mm -hmm. is the first team. And that the revenues and the things that they're generating, they don't appear to be translating into a methodology about how they're gonna run that club and build an identity for that club and grow that club. If we assume or say, That there are six players in that first team that probably need to be changed because they've either been there too long. We need fresh, fresh, fresh passion in the team, or they're getting older, or whatever it is, or they're just not good enough. They need to go out and they need to buy quality, good new players to completely reinvent the team. Mm. Are they going to? Are they creating the commercial wealth to be able to go and do that? Probably. Will they do that based on the commercial wealth that they're building? I have my doubts that they're going to do that because as a business, their sole focus is not to drive incremental improvements in that football team to the extent that the rest of us want to see it. And they mm. just, they they leave people cold because they seem to be more fo- like making, make, making that announcement about the formula one. Didn't they make that? they made that the day of the game, didn't they? Or the day after the Sheffield United game. I can't remember, yeah, but it I was really close it. Was before, but yeah. It was like, it's just, it's just weird. And they, they are not singularly focused on improving that team. And we don't all come together to talk about what an amazing business they are. We don't all come together to talk about how, how amazing it is that they're reinventing the Tottenham area and doing all that stuff. And it is amazing yeah. that they're doing all those yeah. things. We come together because we want them to be more successful year on year. And that's why I'm
4: frustrated.
0: Yeah, Yeah. well said. I've, uh, we've been going a while. So I just thought... I I was thinking about... I knew Jack and Giles were coming. Rob, you were a, a TBC based on your, uh, how fast you drove. So I've gone back and I've pulled the lineups <laughs> for the last games I went to with you two. Jack, I'm pretty sure it was Man United at home. Last, last game at yeah. the old White Hart Lane. G, I'm pretty sure it was... Tottenham Villa three, La- Aston Villa one. Yeah, so just asking for the lineup. Just shouting name. So Jack, we'll go with you. Your game, but anyone can shout it out. Tottenham two, Manchester United one. Last game of uh, at Hart Lane. Who was there? We were there. Rob, were you there? I'm assuming you were there.
3: When was it? Last game at Hart Lane, yeah, I was there. Yeah,
0: uh, 14th of May, 2017. Yeah. Um, was Mourinho the Man United manager? I think he was. Yeah. You know. So yeah, he give was, me yeah. So give me so keepers obviously the race right back, Trippier, yeah,
2: centre backs, Alderweireld for Tongan maybe in Yan, wouldn't it yeah yeah mm-hmm. left back
3: Rose was it no Ben Ben Davis
2: because he set the
0: one goal up didn't Davis, he? Davis yeah. by then
3: was it
0: strong yeah set and then he was playing a
2: four two three one just a Wanyama and Dyer yeah yeah and then front four Eriksson Deli Sun Kane. What a team.
4: Yeah, what a team. What a Good
0: team. I would, I would put Dembele over Wanyama, but otherwise. Mm. Um, Enkudu came on in the 92nd minute. He was the, Enkudu was the last. <laughs> I miss uh, <laughs> Enkudu. The, the missed last sub. The what last sub. He,
3: <laughs> he was always right, right, seemed friendly, didn't he? Happy
0: chat. <laughs> he did seem see <laughs> um, happy. The substitutes were amazing. Walker was on the bench, which I... I thought he'd gone by then. Janssen, Vorm, Kudu, Sissoko, Dembele, and Vimmer.
3: Wow. And yeah, Walker yeah. got Walker got dropped because he, yeah. he, he was off, wasn't he? Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and then um, Villa. Uh, 2019, 10th August 2019, first home game of the season, 3-1. I think we went one-nil down. John McGinn yeah, we did. scored. John, from Villa. We did. John oh, McGinn. Really yeah. early on, didn't he?
4: Underrated, John McGinn. Mm. Um
0: playing a 4-3-1-2 here, according to BBC. It wasn't that worm. similar. I remember,
4: I remember Ndombelli coming on and scoring, and both of us just thinking, Jesus, look at the size of him. Yeah. He was packing. he was so much extra timber on him then.
2: It was unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Skip came on for Ndombele. He was blowing heart.
2: after about 15 minutes on Ndombele in that game, wasn't
0: he? <laughs> he? was. Go on then, Larissa's at the back. Who's our right back? Uh... Was it Trips? I'm trying to think. Who would have He's been It I mean, could be Serge Aurier. Was it Serge? Yeah. No, he wasn't there. I, I can't even see him. He wasn't. Oh, so he was on the bench. As was Nkudu. We had Nkudu for a lot longer than I thought <laughs> he was there for like a season. A lot
2: longer than we should have. <laughs> um, was was it Carl Walker Peters?
0: Carl Walker Peters. Yeah. And then two centre backs. Must
3: have I mean, been Toby and Yan again, was it? And then it was, Davis. Um,
0: it was Toby, and it
2: wasn't Davis or...
3: Uh, oh, is that when Super Jan started to fall away?
2: Yeah, he did. He might have had Sanchez at the yeah. back at that point, yeah. Sanchez, we'll yeah. and then, then left-back. Left-back. Did you say it wasn't Davis? wasn't Davis, no. Davis. It's already been it mentioned, it? I think.
3: Was it Rose, was it? Rose, yeah. I personally hope never to see Sanchez in a spur shirt oh, again. Ever. Home. Not home. even warming up down the side, you know, he stretching got... his hamstrings.
0: Tackled by fresh air, didn't he? Just kept him <laughs> yeah, that was the Good player thing, though, that fresh air. Good player. Thing.
3: I never <laughs> yeah. I don't ever I don't ever want to see him again. Ever.
0: <laughs> then we, we played three in the middle. So and my... was obviously
2: definitely one. And the was yeah. in
0: there. Yeah. Winks. Winks, strong. One of my least favourite Spurs players of all time, Sissoko. Sissoko, Sissoko. God,
2: that's not a great midfield that freeze. Because
0: no. what can you rely on them to do, really? Wow. Give the ball away. Give the ball. Off.
2: Give the ball <laughs> away and not track back and be unfair. unfit. Yeah. But Sissoko. <laughs> yeah, oh god.
0: And then the
3: front three. Yeah, the
4: touch of a wheelbarrow, didn't he? Sissoko. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Remember,
3: was it the Liverpool game? When he burst through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like I was yeah. at home. Oh. I was like, Oh who's that? Who's that? Oh, oh no. And and that they let, let him won. shoot, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they, they let, let him shoot. Just, yeah, they cut the yeah. pass out it just It like, yeah. was so bad yeah, they let would. him shoot.
0: Well we've had that. Do you remember when we had Dawson at the back? They would just let him have the ball because they knew yeah. we would just ping some, straight out all the time. Yeah. Front three gone, then Kane's up there, and then we had two others. One's the wall, uh, uh, one isn't not dead, it's uh gone.
4: <laughs> was
0: Ericsson play? No, he's too <laughs> No, he'd, he'd gone by then, didn't he? Was he sitting on the bench at Inter Milan? No,
4: 2019.
0: Sun and yeah, Son. I don't know. Yeah, son, I don't know.
3: Son son obviously, Son and Thomas somebody. Lee? No. Ericsson still there?
0: No. Gone. One of them played against Sheffield United.
3: Oh, Lucas Moura. Oh, Lucas, Lucas Moura. Moura. Yeah. And
0: then little Argentinian fella.
3: Oh, the salsa. Oh, uh, the salsa. Mm, okay.
0: Lamela. Lamela,
3: oh, oh Lamela, oh, oh. he what? Well, he started that game, did he? Wow. he? Started that
2: game as the number ten. He was like a new wow. signing that season, wasn't he? For the first four <laughs> games, and then he had, and then he had an injury for six months. Oh, I do, wow. I do
3: miss him coming on with twenty minutes to go, though, and oh, just like, being get, a nasty bastard just getting booked and being nasty because he but yeah. lost all his ability. I do him miss him, Romero. I mean. Oh,
4: Romero against Diego Costa for the first twenty-five minutes yesterday was special. That's fantastic. Yeah. Like WWE oh, or something.
0: Yeah, that's it was great. great. It? I, yeah. I mean, I, I've got Romero streets ahead of Van Dijk this season. I think Romero is a real. Yeah. I still think Real Madrid should come and get him to replace Ramos. I think he's the perfect replacement. for
3: Yeah. Anyway. Oh no, yeah, for sure. If that's they, if that's why they need to finish top four, try yeah. and keep try and keep hold of him. Yeah, 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 for
0: sure. Mm. But do we? Who's the one we don't own yet? Is it Kuliseski or Messi? Yeah, yeah. yeah. His, form's, oh,
3: his form's gone a bit, is not it? Yeah, man. He's he gone has. a bit patchy.
0: He's, he's coming back, isn't he, I mm.
3: guess? But yeah. I think He'll... I think he's getting figured out a bit. Yeah. Just... He, 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 he can't, You know, the, the cutting from the right, I think he's, he's just not quite as good at that as Bale was. He's getting figured yeah. out a bit, I think.
0: But, I mean, Bale, there's no one else in more football who's <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> in Indeed. Bear. Other than Aaron Ramsey.
0: Robin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, gents, thank you. Well, let's go and let's go and beat AC Milan. Imagine we win the Champions League now. Let's just let's just pretend we're going to oh. win the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. oh. I mean, do it. we didn't really ever talk about the uh, Real Madrid smashing Liverpool all over, just as much as they wanted to scoring more goals than Chelsea have
3: in six months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I I, I, I want to drink what Modric um do you see him, oh it was like gosh, 75 yeah. minutes yeah. bursting through the middle. Left yeah. was it Henderson? Yeah. He left for absolutely, yeah. That,
4: who's that 18 year old? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: really good player. Just... See, ya. yeah, left him. Oh, yeah. he's still the best player I ever, saw, I suppose. Yeah. Still, There's some some of the videos, all on YouTube, isn't it? I come across them every now and then. Some of the stuff from the 14 season when he was there, and forget how good, like, how good was he? Oh, well, man, you, what did you I miss put him. In the,
0: in the group, Giles? You said. Uh, in play bench arrays, you who did you say you said have you heard this Rob? That I'll play bench arrays, yeah, yeah, I've played it. So, geez, it was,
4: uh, I think it was Pochettino, Toby, Harry Redknapp, or Toby. Who
3: are you going for? So, again, po- hey, play bench arrays, Pochettino, Harry Redknapp, or Toby, yeah,
0: yeah. So you have to raise one from Spurs history, that's the big one. And then, you
3: um, play now? I'd have to, that's really hard, I'd have to play Pochettino. Because, you know, you yes. transform the club. Mm. Um, Toby's probably the best centre back I've seen at Spurs other than Leslie. So I'd have to let Harry go because at the end of the day, like, you know, I'll, I'll have a gin and tonic go in there and say, come on, lads, you're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> run about. <laughs> yeah, run about. You're brilliant, lads. No one can beat you, lads. Come on, lads. So this is what I brought up because I agree.
0: I 100% <laughs> agree with you. And it was really easy for me because you go, if you've got Bale, Defoe, and Crouch, Modric, ledley Walker, Sandro. Like anyone, they'll win any, game. They'll win any I, game.
4: I think I think me and Jack are the Harry fans here.
2: Yeah. I loved Harry. I, I you loved forget Harry. that, that oh, you mentioned all those players there, AST, and like yeah, he did have a great side, but we were bottom of the league when he took over. So it's like clearly yeah. not everyone can get a tune. And when he left we had A V B, who granted did lose um Bale eventually, but been. like but like that was yeah. that was desperate. So I mean, I just I just loved that Harry was very much a throw a caution to the wind, let's go for it, manager.
0: That and uh, Newcastle game where we're all singing we we want you to stay after just being cleared of being a criminal somehow was one of the most like happiest I was ever exposed. Mm. Yeah. That the Arsenal game when we got that penalty, the last Arsenal game at the White Hart Lane, we got that penalty. That was amazing because we knew what was going to happen. It was just after the first goal.
3: Oh, Things nice. to make you feel old, Harry Redknapp, was 78 this week. Oh. Yeah, that made me feel old when I heard that.
2: And on that on that bombshell. Yeah, that 78. Bombshell,
3: I'd have him back. I thought, can he come back to the end of the season? He's nearly 80. Yeah, I'd, I'd have him, him and Hoddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get them back.
0: Till the end of the season. Mental, yeah. mental, mental, mental. Uh, on that mental bombshell, it's time to end the show. Um, big week. It's always a big week now. Says thank you, and don't forget the future's bright, the future's really white. Come on, you Spurs.
2: I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion.
4: Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world.
1: We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the track and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman, We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott, and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is
0: schoolboy's own stuff.
1: We are Blanchflower, Flower, Ardilis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.